Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Sudra Organic. Excited to have my guest on and Brooks Neal, Director of Corporate Sponsorships at the New York Jets. And Brooks, Ohio U sports ag grad, can't leave that one out. Uh, but really just excited to talk about his journey, his path, uh, tons of different experience. Also a former student athlete, uh, might have a ring or two, maybe? Two, two. Two, okay. Just, you know, humbly. Uh, but. You know, Brooks, nonetheless, uh, excited to chat. Welcome. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for having me, man. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I mean, dude, you're a hustler, man. You and I have a, a comparable career path, just a couple different stops, a couple different forms of, of business that we work in in this industry. And, you know, published author, a successful podcast, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to have you on. And uh, I can't leave our guest with like, oh, he's got two rings. Like, what are they? <laughs> what did he play? Um, so enlighten us on your your journey as uh, an Orangeman. Is that correct? Yeah, formerly an Orangeman. Now they call him the Orange. Um, they were the Orangeman when I was there for the most part. But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was an incredible experience. It's actually like probably the first real catalyst to my professional career, that experience. Uh, I, when I got to Syracuse, uh, lacrosse they were I think they'd gone to like 18 or 19 straight final fours like incredible program like of those 18 or 19 straight final fours I think they won a title like eight times you know what I mean so I'm going to that program as a freshman and on the team are like three guys from team USA uh, a generational uh, two generational players one on attack the position I played another one on defense had to guard me every day which was not that fun but I tried to learn a lot but didn't as much as I should have uh, so the program was just incredible, really first experience in foray into like having the right mindset and trying to grow every day, which I didn't understand at first when I got there. So it was just incredible program, incredible, like four years of, of my life. And if I remember correctly from, from actually the first book with 20 Secrets to Success, you, you kind of mentioned in there, we, we had an interview snippet in there for you of like, what were you going to do post lacrosse right and I and I if I remember correctly it was like you you won the national championship and then the, then the next day it was like okay now what like I gotta, I gotta go get a job right yeah it, it was it, I, I honestly had no idea I, I was really my major was lacrosse that's all I wanted uh, I was absolutely obsessed with going and playing high level lacrosse from a very young age worked my tail off I was like obsessed with it and it was to the point where, like, I, it wasn't work to me. It was just, like, fun. I, I was having so much fun, like, learning the game and growing my skills. And then when you get to college and you accomplish quite a bit on a team level, like, we won two national championships. We went to three final fours uh, during my four years there. And then by the time I'm, like, a junior, I'm like, holy crap, this is, this is going to be over in, like, a year. What am I going to do? So it was just kind of, like, really sitting down and trying to focus and evaluate, like, what am I going to do with my life? I'm, I'm 21. I'm going to be 22. And. I got a long, I got 40 year career ahead of me. Like, what am I going to do? You know? So I, I wanted to focus on like college sports because I was obsessed with like the pageantry of college sports based on my experiences. And, you know, that's, that's the career that I, I 
began to pursue based on that. But I was Jake, man. I mean, you know, from my previous schedule, I was so confused and like lost. And I didn't know what, what I was going to do uh, halfway through college or three quarters of the way through college. Well, I think the, the thing for students now is like, they get so hung up on it, whether it's the major or not, right? Like you can make anything out of, out of, you know, any place you go and anything you do, but it, it's the hung up and like, I don't know what I want to do. We, I, I don't know that. I think if you ask some CEOs, they still may not know what they want to do. Right. And so there's that question of like, well, you don't have to figure it out all at once. I remember Bob Bolin, when I was leaving Ohio, he's like, yeah, this first job you take is not going to be your last. So just enjoy it. Right. And um, it's, that's, that's held true for sure. But, you know, when, when you think about the journey and where you started, how did your first experience or two in the college athletics landscape then prepare you for what you're doing now? Yeah, so uh, I, was, I was fortunate enough to, uh, I did some internships in the summer in between uh, school year for, at Syracuse University and, and their athletic department, and their marketing department. And they were great experiences. I quickly realized that I had really the wrong mindset. And it was something that I hadn't really necessarily grasped onto when I was playing lacrosse. You know, going and playing at Syracuse and playing these legendary players, generational players, I didn't have a growth mindset. I didn't know how to like learn and grow, which seems kind of counterintuitive to like being obsessed with something and growing every day. But I really didn't. I had a fixed mindset. It was like, oh my God, these people are so good at something, either professionally or on the lacrosse field. And I really didn't know how to like learn and grow. I didn't, I wasn't curious enough to ask the right questions of, you know, how, how did you gain this knowledge? Where, where are you finding this marketing concept? Where are you finding um, these concepts to, to build out a way to sell tickets for football and for men's basketball and for other sports? And so I, I started to change my mindset slowly. And then when I got my first job, it was actually in Birmingham, Alabama for UAB. And I had some great mentors, some great leaders there who really helped me understand like the business and helped me understand, you know, how to build a market plan, how to sell tickets, how to position things correctly to draw in the right fans and then hit your target market. You know what I mean? So it really grew from there. And so I spent three years in Birmingham, Alabama, which seems crazy to me now, but it was probably the best three years of my professional experience of growth. And then from there, I went to... Athens actually as a full-time employee first and then the grad program second which was a, a enormous enormous catalyst uh, for my career and spent another couple of years in marketing there at the athletic department of Ohio University and then from there pivoted to sponsorships right so it was, a lot of it was like you're right Jake like obviously like your next job isn't your last job it's kind of part of the journey and part of your growth so I kind of took the things I learned about myself and the things I learned from some mentors and realized that sponsorships was a better fit for me and made that pivot at Ohio University. And then eventually made it to the Cavs and, and you know, now in the NFL. But when you look across your experiences and, and your journey thus far, what's the one thing that stood out to you that's been consistent? And then the one thing that's been different at each and every place, other than the location, of course. Yeah, I think um, the consistency has been, I think I've done, I think luckily, I didn't really know what I was doing at first, luckily, the consistency is I've had really good mentors, really good bosses, really good mentors. Uh, and oftentimes you don't get the, if you, even if you don't really don't know that you're choosing a boss as like your mentor, or how important your boss is for your, for your job, 
you generally have people that you work with that you can pull great information or great skills from or great traits from. So I think I've always done a good job of having mentors, whether that I report them or not. So that's really been the consistency is like trying to find someone who can help me grow and help me learn to help evolve my career. Um, you mentioned the Cavs experience. The Cavs experience was absolutely an incredible, unique experience. I was hired there um, at the beginning of 2014, January of 2014. And it's a multi-property. They've got, at the time, they had an AHL hockey team, still do. An arena league football team, which that league is defunct now. They had an NBA G League team. Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cavs, had casino properties, retail properties, racinos, casinos. So having to learn all those different businesses and all those different industries was, was so much fun. And selling, selling and learning how to sell for a multi-property. But probably about six or seven months in, LeBron James decided to come back to Cleveland. And it was just an absolutely insane experience, just business-wise, and to be there on the ground floor of that happening at that time. Uh, the Cavs are as, as big as Ohio University is at grooming and cultivating and finding talent for, for students. The Cavs are equally that for young professionals and mid, I would say like probably second job professionals, you know, that, that mid twenties, late twenties, early thirties professionals they do an incredible job of finding talent. And the amount of talent that was there when I was in Cleveland was just insane. You know, we had Len Komorowski, Kerry Bubbles, Brad Sims, uh, Len just retired from the Cavs. Kerry Bubbles was the president who helped launch the Vegas Knights NHL property. Brad Sims is now like the CEO of NYCFC and city football here in the U.S. And there's probably a dozen other people who are now like chief business, chief revenue. So like you're just around some amazing talent, amazing people. And they had set that business up. I mean, no one knew if LeBron James come back, but they had that business point in the direction where if he was to come back or if there was going to be a major catalyst, like acquiring some different players or drafting some specific players, that business on the sponsorship side was so teed up. We had no bad deals in our books. We were like just terrified of doing a bad deal because we wanted open categories. We wanted to make sure that we were hitting the high watermark on all of our deals. I mean, just having I mean, people who start on sponsors don't understand how important it is to have open categories and clear lanes. Because with every deal you do, the next deal becomes harder because you have less assets and less open, open water to do deals. And that business was so teed up for success. And when he came back, we, we struck, right? And sponsorships by nature is really like a, um, I would call it a lagging indicator right? Like a lagging indicator, meaning you still need people to show up to games to, to bring the brand to, hey, we have a sold out crowd. You need people to consume the product on TV so you can show us TV ratings. You need people to consume digital content, consume, you know, merchandise. And then when you have all those, those indicators, you can go and show them. So for the Cavs, it was really like, we did really well when he came back that first year, but it was really year two, three, four, that we really just hit the ball out of the park. So it was just that experience in and of itself. I felt like I got, you know, a 10-year experience in a short two-year window. I was there for almost five seasons, but just those first two years were just a master class in business and, and how we executed. And when you think about how you've transitioned from one place to another, what's, you mentioned your mindset earlier, right, with lacrosse and, and the early part of your career, but What's been your mindset in the transitions? Because you are going to a new place. You've got a new boss. You're trying to prove yourself, right? But at the same time, there's a little bit of like, hey, I'm new, right? But I, ha but I have been other places, right? It's not like it's your first job. 
So what's the mindset you have going into new, you know, new places? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I would say, I mentioned before, I had the wrong mindset when I was in college and I had a, the opposite mindset of what I have right now. I had a very fixed mindset when I was playing across. I, I got there and I saw a guy like Mike Powell's like, I will never be as fast as him. I will never be as good of a shooter as him. I will never be as shifty as him, as agile as him. So like, what's the point? Like, what am I putting in work for? You know what I mean? Like that, not knowing that, hey, I could, I could, instead of putting one out in the weight room, I could have put two. Instead of doing 10 sprints, I could have done 20. Instead of going in, uh, um, you know, playing wall ball, which is a, a, a hardcore lacrosse skill development like tool. Instead of doing that for, you know, an hour, I would do it for 10 minutes. It's just like, I didn't have the right mindset. I didn't know that like your inputs generally equal your outputs, particularly in sports, right? So over time, I started to shift my mindset into a, like a hyper growth mindset, right? So um, now like one of the things I do and I get made fun of by coworkers, I get made fun of by my wife, I probably read or listen to hundred books a year or more. And there are a variety of topics that are applicable to business or other interests. Like I'm super interested in finance, super interested in like history, uh, certain points of history and like maybe what's relevant at that uh, given moment, but really sports history, right? So like when I went to go to, and work in the cabs or when I worked in, before the Cavs, my first sponsor job was in NASCAR at Speedway Motorsports. You know, I didn't know anything about NASCAR. And so I, I, I went and got like 10 books and read everything I could about NASCAR and about all the drivers and about all the teams. You know, how did Hendrick Motorsports become big? Like, how, what's his background? Where, where do you make his money? So how can I learn these things? So I really wanted to learn it from the ground up, you know? And it was like with Cleveland, I got to the Cavs and it was like, the Cavs do an incredible job of growing their people. Right. So one week you're getting Shapiro Institute or Shapiro, I should say, negotiation training. The next week you're doing presentation training. The next week you're doing storytelling training. It was just like every week you're doing something. And that really was like a, a huge growth moment for me. Like, holy crap, I can, as much as I'm doing now, I can do more. You know what I mean? So and that still carries through if I feel like I'm doing something at the Jets that could be better. Like I had I had a coworker make a comment to me last year about like my writing didn't have enough clarity to it. I was like, well, crap, I can learn about that. So I went out and got some books, learned about like how to write with more clarity and more concise and with more brevity. And there's some great people and some great businessmen who've done this really well. Like Steve Jobs is probably like the greatest like person in terms of brevity. Like, so what can I learn from him? Like how he, how he does copywriting, why he does what he does, you know, what's the why behind, you know, all this advertising or his products and the brevity and how he does storytelling around those. Like, that's really the mindset that I try to carry through. And if I, if I feel like I'm short in something, I want to learn it as quickly as possible. And it's actually kind of fun for me to like learn this and try to share some of the things I learned with some of my younger colleagues or even some of my uh, colleagues of, of all ages that I work with. So it's just, it, it really permeates through all of, all of my business kind of journey and what I do on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I love that you have that mindset of like learning about things outside of sports too, right? Because the the dots connect everywhere and it's really important to have those other perspectives on just, especially in your role, right? Where you're going after different brands and industries, like you got to know about the finance industry and what's the difference between banking, fintech, credit unions, right? Like there's so much there that uh, to your point, it's there, there's one there's so much to learn but two like how do you how do you continue to expand and and not just stay in the same lane when you talk about the books it's interesting I'm, I'm actually ju- I just started an audiobook that came out 
uh, recently called The Power of One More. And, and Ed Milet, uh, who's, you know, does podcasts, books, whatever. It's just a fascinating concept, right? And I, I, talk, I, I bring that up because obviously being in sales, right? Like the power of one more, one more relationship, one more call, one more deal. Like you don't know what you're one more away from. And would love to get your thoughts and perspectives on just how do you go about the day-to-day, right? In terms of, look, you don't want to get burnt out. Um, sales is not easy, but at the same time, there's kind of that method to the madness of, of however you get to the goal that you're trying to achieve. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. It's actually, uh, I hadn't really, I hadn't really considered that. I think one of the things why I'm really drawn to sponsorships and what I think makes me, has made me, uh, successful so far in my career is just like, I'm super interested in business. I love going and talking to businesses. Every, every business is different. Every business has a different brand position has a different niche because if they don't they generally don't survive for the long haul right so hearing hearing people's career journeys hearing uh the business path and like the growth and where they where they see the roadmap 6 12 18 months is really fun for me and the more you listen the more you can learn the more you can apply to other conversations um and having this this growth mindset uh has really helped me because i've really helped position myself at these different companies i've been with the Cavs or with the jets of being the person looked at within the organization to take on these emerging categories. So that's such a third, I, I feel like I have a thirst for having an under, or trying to understand these new emerging things. So like when I was in Cleveland, for example, we realized that, hey, getting LeBron James, we went from being locally or regionally relevant to being globally relevant. So we, we had seen like the Golden State Warriors and the Lakers, the Knicks doing deals with Chinese companies. So it's like, hey, Let's go and have some, let's go and try to do some deals with Chinese based companies. And that was myself and a couple other people took this on and ended up bringing in a couple million dollars in, in deals with Chinese based companies, like pretty, pretty amazing stuff and for such a short period of time. And then with the Jets, uh, I do a lot of stuff with uh, blockchain, uh, do a lot in finance, fintech, uh, sports betting was a big one for me. Uh, New Jersey was the state that uh, had the lawsuit that flipped Passbook which allowed uh, sports betting to be legal. Uh, so myself and two other guys really took on the project of trying to understand the industry, reading legal documents of like, hey, what, where, is the, where are the guardrails here? What can we do? And then digesting the NFL policy and applying it to a local policy uh, in New Jersey. And we ended up doing a, a bunch of deals uh, with sports betting companies, right? So this knowledge and this growth mindset has really helped position myself in multiple, multiple stops to be the person who tackles these emerging businesses and companies, it's been, it's been a ton of fun, right? So I think just having that right mindset, man, can really take you, take you far. And the concept of one more rep is like so applicable and so relevant. And I, I'd seen that book pop up in like a recommended like feed. I would check it out now, but you can give me the, the first review on it. It sounds like it's, it's a good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm only two chapters in, so so nothing yet, but but we'll we'll hop on a call after I finish. <laughs> Sounds um, good, man. You know, one one of the things as we start to wrap up the episode, it's it's interesting when you think about the different places you've been, right? You get different perspectives of what's the NFL like, what's the NBA like, different amount of games, different fan bases, different locations, college athletics, NASCAR, total two totally different fan bases, right? What have you learned about the industry as a whole in terms of, you know, even like someone like myself who's gone in college athletics, golf, hockey, baseball, like you just get to see all of these different ways in which business is done. 
some very similar, but some drastically different. And when you think about the industry as a whole, like what's one thing that someone could learn from you because you've been at multiple stops if they haven't? Yeah, I think um, generally like the target audience for NASCAR or college sports or the NBA or the NFL at small markets, the biggest market, whether it's New York or Cleveland or NASCAR, which is a series of rural markets and small and mid-sized markets. Um, generally, like even though the target business and the target consumer is different, you're still dealing with people. And I know Luke Sayers, I listened to a recent episode with Luke Sayers, who we're all good buddies with. I mean, who isn't a friend of Luke Sayers, you know, from the Ohio Network and outside English and across paths them. He's talking about relationships. And this is really a relationships business, man. So it's like, if you're talking to someone, you got to make sure that you're direct, you're honest, you're show empathy to whatever they're experiencing on the business front or personal front. And that's, it'll take you really far. You're just being yourself, being authentic and just listening to them, right? Like, I think um, one of the things I'm really proud of is there's companies that did deals with in NASCAR that I did deals with the exact same people when I got to, to Cleveland. And then when I got to New York, it was the same thing. I did multiple deals with people I did deals with in Cleveland that I did deals with in New York. And really it's because I was just honest and transparent with them about the opportunity and be like, hey, you know, if you want to do a deal with us, great. If not, we'll shake hands and we'll always be friends. You know, and that, that really carries on. That's authentic. And those are the types of people that, that you want to do deals with, right? Another thing too is like, as a younger person, there was deals when I, when I first started NASCAR was like, you know, I would do anything to get a deal done. I would, I would go above and beyond, you know, and I would make sure that I execute a deal as best I can. But there's oftentimes you see young people, like me, including myself included, who oversell or overpromise what they can deliver. And while I think they may be able to at that time, they generally, sometimes they can't. And there's a great quote by a guy who is over in Cleveland, who said, you sponsorship people, you guys sell the dream, but I live the nightmare. The activation team lives the nightmare of us not being able to execute on this. You know what I mean? So I really took that to heart when I first got to Cleveland. It's like, I would much prefer to undersell and underpromise and then like surprise them with, with some of the execution on it. And I don't think, I mean, hopefully, all, if I have any clients or prospects listening to this, man, so hopefully I've always delivered on what I've promised them. So that's really something that you take to heart, just treating people the right way, having empathy, personal, professional level, and then delivering what you say you're going to deliver. That, that really carries through uh, linearly through all of my stops as much as, as much as I can. Love the authenticity. And with that, we're, we're going to go rapid fire, uh, learn just a little bit more about wow. you. Oh, boy. Okay. So, um, if you didn't play lacrosse, what other sport would you have played? Uh, I actually didn't play it, but there's a ton of skill transfer. I would have loved to play hockey. I grew up in I grew up in a middle class family outside Syracuse, and I played basically every sport except hockey. And there's so many transferable skills hockey and across. So to answer your question, it's not rapid fire, but I would have played hockey. We'll we'll try and keep it brief. We talked about <laughs> gravity earlier, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, favorite place to visit. Uh, whether it be stadium, team, state, et cetera? Uh, the most fun I've ever had a game is at Ole Miss. I went to an Ole Miss Florida game, and that was incredible. In terms of vacation, man, it's hard to beat um, Florida in general. Any place in Florida. I know you're well-versed in some of those areas, so uh, Florida. Sport that you haven't worked in that's 
intriguing. You, you said you love to learn about the business, right? But like an intriguing business. MLS because of the, the hockey stick trajectory and growth. When you think about the, the upcoming talent in the industry, what's the one thing that they could learn that they just don't know yet because they just don't know? Uh, it is a small industry in a very long game. You're going to cross paths with people multiple times uh, during the course of your career. Treat everyone with the utmost respect. Favorite book? Uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Good one, good one. Favorite podcast? Oh, you know, Life in the Front Office. Great question. <laughs> <laughs> trick question, right? Yeah, trick question. No, uh, the all-in podcast is probably a close second. It's a bunch of finance uh, guys talking about startups, about financial markets. It's, it's an incredible podcast. All right, last one for you. If you couldn't work in sports, sports didn't exist, wasn't even an option, what would you do? Oh, no doubt. It would probably be investment banking or wealth management. I, I'm obsessed with the financial markets and so much of that skill set is applicable to sponsorships. So if sports didn't exist and I couldn't do it, I would have definitely gone and got a, uh, a couple more degrees in finance-centric and gone inside industry. All right. So no financial advice on here, but if you had a stock pick right now, <laughs> you go with? Uh, so I'll just quote Warren Buffett said, uh, what he's going to do with his estate, he's going to turn all of his financial holdings, which he's worth like you know, $100 billion and has bought multiple businesses and grown his career over a long, long period of time, multiple generations, multiple decades, he would put everything he had basically into the Vanguard S&P 500 index, which is ticker VOO. Love it. Don't quote Brooks on that, but great insight. Not financial advice, not financial advice. <laughs> We got a disclaimer there. Uh, Brooks, really appreciate your time, man, on, on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suju Organic. Appreciate the perspectives, insights, and advice. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for having me, bud. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.